I've always thought about this, right? You know, people always say, good grief. What the fuck? And I used to think about, like, what is that? What the fuck is good grief? And how do you get to that point where you're grieving in a good way? That's, of course, what we're going to be talking about in the bathroom, y'all. In the bathroom, Chronicles. What's up, my people? What's good? What's good? Let me tell y'all about my weekend. It ain't been about shit. I ain't really did too much, um, but watch TV, which is abnormal because like I ain't really too much focused on TV like talking about. But as of lately, I've been watching shows that I've been wanting to see, and a couple of them that I have really been glued in on um, have been quite interesting. Um, Nay was in here watching um, Who the Bleep Did I Marry? And I've seen it before, but I really didn't pay too much mind to it. But y'all, there's some crazy ass people out here. It makes me, you know, more cautious about people in general. Like, people have hidden agendas that we probably don't even know about. But damn, you know, it's crazy as fuck. It's crazy. Um, one of the shows that I was watching, like, that really stuck out to me was, um, how a woman, she's recently divorced, her ex-husband actually wanted to get back with her, she wasn't interested in him, she finds a new guy who is adventurous, he's cool, he's the life of the party, and as time rolls on, I think they move in with one another kind of quickly, um, and, they are invested in one another and he eventually changes into an a total asshole and one of the stories that she tells is how he will always bring up a story about the snake who bit the possum because the possum was trying to save the snake and the snake ultimately said you know i'm a snake of course i was gonna bite you and she's just wondered why he always mentioned this story and he was accusing her of cheating, um, accusing the children of running up the bills and things like that. And on the night that he had proposed to her, he was, you know, they were lit. They were having a good time. The bar was open, so they were, you know, buying people alcohol and stuff like that. Get home and... He was just like, hey, change to some lingerie. I'm going to get ready for you. And she was waiting on the dude. And I think she eventually said she went to sleep. And all of a sudden, she hears a voice that she doesn't recognize. And it's him yelling at her um, about kissing one of, her, one of his friends. And then all of a sudden, he attacks her. Like, he start punches her. Punches her. I can't talk. What the fuck? Start punching her. And um, then... He grabs a bat and starts beating her with the bat. Um, and then he was just like, I'm going to torture you all night long. Dude pulls out some pliers and starts ripping her nipples off. Um, what else did this dude do? He got a hammer, start cutting her and beating her with a belt. This dude was going full live. And then the dude had the nerve to say, like, the girl, the woman eventually left the bedroom and got to a phone and called 911 and he was delusional it was just like he had lost his fucking mind claiming that you know it was a mistake that um 
you know, their son was playing on the phone and she's screaming in the background. So the police come and she was just like, leave, leave before they come. And so she locks herself in the bathroom, opens up the window so they can hear her. And he's walking out as he's walking out. The police come and they ask him some questions. He's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was a mistake. And they're like, where's all this blood coming from? And they hear a faint noise in the background of somebody screaming and they arrest him immediately and they find the woman bludgeoned to you know she wasn't bludgeoned to death but she was near death um had to go into surgery and stuff like that and he had no remorse whatsoever and to see certain stuff like that i'm just like damn this is intriguing people out here really going full in to destroy other people's lives like what the fuck because she kissed somebody before y'all got together and you do all that shit dude was wilding for real for real i watched a couple episodes of that actually ain't gonna lie a couple episodes turned into about three seasons worth of episodes i'm just like invested in it because i'm just like these people are wow kind of scary and then um Today, I ain't really do shit either. I just um, lounged around. I watched a couple documentaries um, about the 80s and 90s. And, of course, they're interesting. But one of the things that caught my attention on the two documentaries that I watched was about how the 80s was full of people trying to scheme to advance within their career or to convince people that their method of living was worth it you know what i'm saying and you have the donald trumps and many other people who are in the limelight trying to get past the status quo of being you know average i guess you can say and you also see the government really fucking up particularly Ronald Reagan and so many people love him and shit like that but it was just crazy to see some shit that he was doing but what really was crazy to me is that they hinted to his Alzheimer's because he had Alzheimer's from my understanding um he was forgetting some of his speeches forgetting some documents that he was signing and stuff like that like the government knew the entire time what was going on and they never stepped in to say hey we really need to get this guy out because he's going to end up fucking up the system and he did like he fucked up the system in a way that many people didn't realize like um the the um can't even talk the market the market was fucked up as he was leaving, as um, George H.W.W.H., whatever the fuck that dude named Bush, came in and took office, he had to really, he tried. He didn't succeed, but he was really trying to save America. We were in debt during that time, and we were pretty fucked up in the market. So I'm just like... How in the fuck could y'all have allowed this to happen and not speak up on it? That was crazy as hell to me. Um, 
to see the AIDS ep- epidemic um, just become a problem within America. A lot of people really, you know, started to blame um, people who were attracted to the same sex for their engagement with the same sex. They they felt like it was because of them. It was a they called it a quote unquote a gay disease. And I was just like, damn, like to see how ignorant some of the shit is, it's just amazing to me. But to also see how it just popped up out the blue was wilding to me. Um the the drugs was expensive, you know, to make sure that it actually did not become AIDS. It was wild for me because I'm like $10,000 for pills? Y'all wildin'. And I know it's expensive now for prep and stuff like that, but like, damn, like, y'all really scheming on these people and not doing anything about it. Like, the government never intervened to try to help these people. Um, that, along with how music um, really changed the scope of, you know, TV. You had MTV. At one point, MTV was music television. Now it's just playing out MTV. You don't really even play music anymore. Um, but MTV did not play black songs, quote unquote. They didn't play your Michael Jacksons initially. They didn't play any of that. Michael Jackson was actually one of the first people that boycotted against MTV, believe it or not. His record label was about to pull out all of their artists that MTV were playing at the time. And their thing was, if you guys do not play Michael Jackson, we're not going to support you guys. And it was just amazing to see. It's just like, Y'all are willing to go hard for entertainment to ensure that this man was hurt. And it took forever. You know what I'm saying? They talked about Whitney Houston briefly. Um, And it's amazing because Whitney had a catalog that went beyond what people really knew. You know what I'm saying? She was the first woman to have seven consecutive hits. Number one hits. Um... It surpassed Elvis and the Beatles. And she didn't really get any recognition whatsoever. Um, I think Madonna really got the limelight in that. And you know what? I give Madonna her, her craft because Madonna did what she was supposed to do, which was entertain. She didn't hold anything personal. She went in. She fucked up the scene. And that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? And that's why she's perceived to be the queen of pop now. But I just, I was amazed to see how hard the Rick James and Prince had to work hard to get on MTV. And it was, it was just wild to me that they didn't really recognize these individuals because they were black. And I recall David Bowie doing an interview with one of the hosts and he asked them flat out. He was just like, why don't y'all play? black music and the host made a stupid ass comment it was a stupid ass response he said that 
you know, you have people in different areas who may not be receptive to seeing a black person. Flat out discriminating against people of color. And I was just like, man, these people were wilding. How do you support these people knowing that they are doing this? And let me tell you this. They are still doing this shit now. They're still doing it. Like, they are still recognizing white people over black people nowadays in terms of music and stuff like that. But even with MTV now, um, you have people who have so much entitlement and they feel like they have to have a say in everything they do. It's just amazing to see that, you know, over time, nothing has changed. So moving along, one of the things that I also noticed was, um, like in the nineties, black shows were popping up out the wazoo. You had uh Living Color, you had Martin, you had Rock, you had Jamie Foxx show, um, you had Moesha, you had In the House, you had um I'm trying to think of what else was going on during that time. Family Matters. I would not necessarily say Family Matters because you know, Family Matters they talked about black issues, but they weren't like like your Martins or your Living Colors, of course. Um, they just had a plethora of shows that were popping up during that time. They were trying to feed the consumer. They were trying to make sure that black people were recognized and that black people actually tuned in to watch the shows. And as they were watching these shows, like Fresh Prince and um, Living Single and stuff like that, they eventually began to slowly cancel all of these shows why because they got what they wanted the consumers got what they wanted they got to see their people but at the same time it wasn't guaranteed that it would stay on for long also you know you had different shows that were being played during the same time that these shows were being played so it wasn't a focus like what kind of question would that be to just keep a show that many people don't watch during the same time that it's popping for another show? So they started to cancel these shows. And it really was just sad to see how small of a time where we were being recognized as people on television. You know, in the 2000s, you see that shit too. Um... You have a plethora of shows at the beginning, but it, in the 2000s, it, it wasn't that many shows that they had available for blacks. And, you know, you had BET who sold their television network to Viacom, Viacom, whatever the fuck they call. And, you know, the quality of shows that they had was diminishing over time. And, you know, music wasn't as popping, you know what I'm saying? So, you had your 106 and parks they're going wayside they don't matter anymore because the consumer does not want to watch it they want to watch reality tv shows which during the 90s was popping up through let's see they were popping up through real world you know real world was that show where people were looking to go in and they got to see how real people live their lives but over time, people thought that it was going to probably go away. 
people weren't going to be as focused on reality shows. But in reality, that did not happen. You know, they upped the ante during the 2000s. And I was just like, man, y'all, like, y'all were really killing the game. Unbeknownst to us, like, we really didn't know what the fuck was going on as the consumers. All we knew was, hey, we have these shows that we can watch. They might not necessarily be guaranteed to be on for next season, but we can watch them for now. And it's so unfortunate. Um, They talked about... um, I'm trying to see what else. Bill Clinton's administration. Bill Clinton... Listen. I vaguely remember his administration because I was a little kid at that time. I think one of the first people that I remember who was president at the time was uh, George W. Bush. And I recall, like, we did, like, a mini um, election in class. And what's crazy, my teacher at the time, shout out to Mrs. Willis. She was one of them people who, like, talked about that. And I was just like, why are we always talking about shit like this? In the second grade at that. But she wanted to talk about that. She wanted to talk about the issues. She wanted to know whether or not we knew what we were talking about. And, of course, we didn't know what the fuck we were talking about. Um, Many people selected in my class, and I recall this, selected George W. Bush because of red. Um, Of course, Republicans take on the red color and Democrats take on the blue. And many of us in the class didn't know what the fuck that meant and so um, unbeknownst to many people in the class they had selected george w bush i of course love blue so i was like you know what i'm picking al gore and i I, I picked al gore and i was just like what the fuck and sure enough that's what happened um and it's so unfortunate but during Clinton's administration, you you see so many things that are happening. And I think presidents, they are op- <sighs> their first year, they're optimistic, of course. They're trying to see whether or not things are going to go in their favor. But in reality, nothing went right. It was just like there was a problem every other year. Um, and what's crazy is how... Americans perceived terrorism. They never thought about domestic terrorism, like things that were actually going on in our world. But they looked at people like um, Saddam Hussein and stuff like that and trying to place them as evil people, which they were. But at the same time, it's just like, man... We had so many issues going on in America and no one addressed them. Nobody was addressing the issues that were sprewing over time. All we know about nowadays is 9-11. No one talks about the situation that happened in Oklahoma or the situation that happened in Idaho where um, a man was in connect with people overseas. Um, Nobody talks about these things. And it's just like... We're so focused on 9-11. But these things were happening over time and nobody realized it. 
it it played into my thought where I'm thinking, like, did the government have something to do with this shit? Just like the Y2K situation. Why in the fuck did they go about? Because, listen, America never talks about things that are directly affecting us. For instance, like the 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 meteor that was about to land on Earth, that was about to hit us on Earth. No one talked about that until like after it was fixed, right? Um, the Bay of Pigs. Nobody talked about you know our failure. Nobody talked about Vietnam and how we actually did not win. No one talked about these things, but they automatically jumped to joy to talk about Y2K. And at that time, the economy was not doing good. And I think it was, I mean, it was it was getting better. I will say that. But it was amazing to see how all of a sudden people had bought and purchased billions of dollars worth of items um, just to make sure that they were alive and well. Just to wake up in 2000 to see that nothing actually happened. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how in the hell does that happen where people actually don't see the ploy and the plots that are going on? This is crazy to me. But I think y'all should tune in. I think y'all should tune in. I said tune in. I think y'all should tune in to watch it. It's on um, Netflix. It's quite interesting. Quite interesting. But let me tell y'all about my Man, I made me some busted down... Sammy, that shit was so good, y'all. I'm amazed at myself sometimes. I don't cook as much as I used to, but that salmon I made, ah, nigga, that shit was so good. Salmon and some chow mein. And and listen, I didn't make that shit. That shit came out the box. That shit was so good. It came with some sweet soy sauce. And I normally don't fuck with soy sauce, but this is what I did. I always add ketchup to my noodles when they have, like, a little soy to it. Because it, it just, it balances it out. I'm just like, you did that shit. And this shit tasted so good. And I drank me some grape juice because, let me tell you, although the shit may taste good, it may not settle well on your stomach. So, let me tell you. Thank God I did that because, listen, had I had woke up in the middle of the night to have to go to the bathroom, I would have been pissed off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm just, I'm I'm really at peace on a lot of things in terms of um, how certain things are in my life. And, you know, things are getting better initially i was thinking man ken how are you gonna adjust to being down here but it's it's going pretty good for myself and i'm really ecstatic to see what's to come but let's go into the news and entertainment i know y'all want to talk about that let's talk about some news and entertainment um first of all i want to talk about how um, Kim Kardashian is trying her best to stop the execution of Rodney Reed um, in Texas. A lot of people who have been accused of things 
and who have been sentenced to death. A lot of them, because I recall there was a case in Arkansas, like something like this happened where they found that there was no scientific proof that the individual had committed the crime and they still went on to kill him despite knowing that he did not do it. But this is going on in this case. So the background story, Reed um, was convicted in 96 for murder. Um, And he wasn't even, he was scheduled to be executed November 20th. um, Despite maintaining his innocence. And let me tell you, forensic experts have went on and they said that his his um, case is actually crazy because he's not guilty. Medically and scientifically, it was impossible that he actually did anything. Um, they have DNA proof that, you know, nothing was ever tested for in terms of the murder weapon. Like, that shit is crazy to me crazy how the system is and Kim of course took to Twitter of course to address Greg Abbott um, who is the governor in Texas and I'm interested in seeing what's to come of that because I'm just like how the fuck do y'all allow things like that to happen and y'all not address it first of all this man needs to be gone living his life freely and y'all need to compensate him. And I think that's really, really, I think that's what it is half the time. The people don't want to compensate these people. Knowing damn well they're in the wrong. I just don't get that shit. That's fucked up. And they need to release him. So in, um, <laughs> Wisconsin, um, a man by the name of Marlon Anderson, um, he was, I think called a nigger by one of the students and he addressed the student by telling him, Hey, you don't need to call me that. And of course, of course, um, the school participated in firing this man. They fired him and they did a full out walkout at the school. Students participated and teachers and he was recently hired um, at the Boys and Girls Club in that county that he lives in. And I'm just like, man, why in the fuck would y'all fire somebody who was actually doing good by addressing people and letting them know, hey, that might not be the right word to say. Right? Right. So let me tell y'all about Sally fucking May. Many of y'all, <laughs> many of us owe Sally. And her dumb ass, you know, always trying to get our pennies, trying to make sure she got her money first. But so, let me tell you what Sally done did. Sally flew out her employees to Ohio, right, to celebrate $5 billion in sales. And of course, let me tell you, of course, people are upset about that shit, right? Um... People are in debt at the wazoo. And you send people blatantly just disrespect people by sending these employees out there knowing damn well you're in the wrong. Like, who does that? 
That's like a total slap in the face. Disrespectful. I ain't buying it. It's bullshit. Uh, y'all. Y'all might want to slow down on the Johnson Johnson. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's causing people to get sick in a worse way. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy as hell that stuff like that is happening. You know, you you feel like you can trust these products because you've been dealing with these motherfuckers for a long time. And Johnson Johnson, we put it everywhere. We put it on our body, we put it on our beds, put it on our flow. So I'm just like interested in knowing like what the fuck is going on. A couple years ago I found out that it was causing cancer. I think the lotion or the oil or something like that. And now they're saying that um thirty-three thousand bottles of baby powder is possibly contaminated with the asbestos. Like, come on, how the fuck does that happen? How? How do y'all allow shit like that to happen? Come on now. Come on. Mm-mm, that is a no-go. I don't do that. <sighs> Pitiful. So, listen, El Chapo's son was arrested. And then, they let his ass go. Um... The cartel members outnumbered the police, and they had a full rundown. Like, they didn't play no games with these motherfuckers. And from my understanding, they had many protests down there and several things going on that people were ready for. They were ready for war. You understand me? Not playing with y'all motherfuckers. Y'all got to get it together. Get it together in Mexico. We got to get it together here in the United States, but you know how it go. Mary J. Blige... Marlon Wayans, Forrest Whitaker, and Audra McDonald. Audra, let me tell you about Audra real quick. Audra, she got a Tony, and she got she been out here killing it for a long time for y'all motherfuckers who don't know Audra, because y'all ain't going to play Audra. Audra been doing nothing, you know what I'm saying? But also you got Jennifer Hudson, who will be playing and um, starring in Respect, which is the biopic for Aretha Franklin. Many of you guys are aware that Aretha had plans to have a biopic released. Um, but unfortunately, she passed last year um, in August due to pancreatic cancer. And now her movie is about to come out pretty soon. Hopefully within a decent time frame. I'm praying like 2020, you know, because I ain't, I ain't trying to go into... 2019, 20, not 2019, Lord, 2030, expecting to see something like this, because that would be crazy as fuck, you know what I'm saying? But many people were trying to get the role, like Fantasia, I think she would have did a a good job, but, you know, you got Jennifer, of course, and I think that she was, she's about to kill it, she's about to do her thing. Um... Forrest Whitaker will play her father, the late C.L. Franklin. Audra will be her, um, will be playing her mother. Um, I forgot mama's name. Damn. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I think her mama's name is Bernice. Bernice. I'm going to say, I think it's Bernice. I think, or Barbara. Something like that. I probably, yeah, I'm fucking it up a little bit, but y'all forgive me. Y'all forgive me. Y'all, let 
don't charge to my my heart. Charge to my mind. Charge to my mind. And then you got Marlon Wayans, who would be playing her ex-husband, Ted White, um, who was known for being quite rowdy. He was very abusive to Aretha. And he actually plays a role in her um, Muscle Shoals studio. Um, what was it? Muscle Shoals performance that she did. And I think several songs were performed during that time that she went down there. Well, went up there because I'm down in Louisiana. It happened in North Alabama. Um, yeah, she was out there killing it. He would just tear her ass up. It was disrespectful. Disrespectful. But, um, yeah, Ted White. And it's going to be interesting to see Marlon in this role because I don't think I've never really just seen him play a serious role. Um, above the rim, he actually played a semi-serious person, kind of. Um, he was a jokester, goofy as fuck, but at the end of that movie, he wasn't playing no games. He killed Birdie ass, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And then you got uh, Mary J. Blige. I don't know what she's going to be doing in this movie. I, I'm quite interested in seeing what she'll be doing. So, yeah, that should be something to talk about in the future. Yeah. Uh, Megan Markle. Um, y'all, I watched an interview that she did um, with It V News or something like that. She talked about her experience in being... Um, a part of the royal family and so far it has not been pleasant and you can see the girl wants to cry she wants to be vulnerable but um i don't think they're allowing her to be who she really is and i think that is really torn at who she is you know just just fucked up how the situation is because I know in Great Britain they don't be playing no games. There's no form of privacy whatever whatsoever. Um cameras are everywhere, paparazzi are everywhere. And that's how um Diana, Princess Diana was killed. Paparazzi was trying to get at her and trying to constantly harass this girl. Um it was crazy to me, man. It's crazy. Crazy to see that people would go to the extremes to ensure that they get what they need. I don't know. I I think that she needs to go to Canada. There's a rumor that's going around that her and her husband will be going to Canada soon just to get away from all the drama that they got going on in the UK. But, um, yeah, man, like, that's the news and entertainment, y'all. That's the news and entertainment. Yeah, and I know it's kind of long and drawn out, but listen, y'all, this this that's really been my weekend. I've really been chilling, just having a good time, being being kin, being the black bro. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, y'all y'all tune in for my next segment. Of course, in the bathroom chronicles. <laughs> So, y'all, in college, actually, let me be more specific, in grad school, um, I had to go through this course that talked about the stages of life. And what's crazy is um, 
this one particular chapter talked about the five stages of grief and loss and I don't know if y'all familiar with it um stage one would be denial and isolation number two anger three bargaining four depression five would be acceptance um and dealing with that sometimes I wondered how man I wondered how I was dealing with certain things you know what I'm saying and the course that I was in that had me reading this book it required me to actually go through the stages myself that I've been through in the past and at that time I don't think I was really in the space of really realizing how how challenging that could be for me because I had experienced the death two years prior um my granddad had died um he was sick for a while he had a stroke and he had bacteria growing in his stomach and he was septic and eventually um became a factor in his death and one of the things that I dealt with over my time was the denial um and isolation part and when I say I went through that um that assignment and it really taught me some things that I had went through that I don't think I was prepared for and I think I was in I was in between the depression and acceptance part and I was just like man I have all these issues going on like this will hopefully help me get a better understanding as into how to deal with certain things um I number one with stage one I was very um much in denial about what was going on I um had isolated myself from people I didn't even talk to people about it it was just like it was really crazy to me man I didn't know how to deal with it and I managed to muster up a couple of um moments to deal with things but um man it was just crazy that it happened the way it did and I didn't know how to accept it at all and um I really didn't want nobody to really talk to me I wanted to talk to people but at the same time I didn't know how to talk to people but in doing so I had isolated myself um I became angry um with my family over time um a couple of my friends as well to the point where I didn't talk to them for a while. I didn't want to be around them. And I thought that I felt in my mind that people did not support me. So I just ultimately just stopped fucking with people. And then it came to a point where I was bargaining. What if I had actually did what I was supposed to by going to check on him like I needed to? What if I had did you know, the best, he probably would have stayed alive, but in reality, I was stupid to believe that, because I didn't think that, I thought that it was because of me, you know, I thought that something that I did didn't fill in the void, um, but in reality, he was going to pass away with or without me actually being there, and I went through depression, um, I, 
just was sad and I was in regret I didn't think that um I really felt fucked up I just I I really was fucked up in that moment drinking heavily um getting lit over time and I didn't know what the fuck was going on but in my private life I was like quiet um I really didn't want much from anybody um I just felt like I felt like shit man I ain't gonna lie I just felt like shit I didn't want to be around people but I knew I had to be around people and then um I, I began to make brash decisions in terms of my life I thought that would be, you know, to my best benefit, you know, helping me to get out of the funk that I was in, but it really didn't help. And then I went into a stage of acceptance. It took about one to two years to get to that that place. And I was like, man, you know, it took a while. Um, I, of course, I'm not going to ever get over it, but at the same time, it's just like, man, I had this space that I had not dealt with in terms of people. Um, I've had a lot of people in my life, in my lifetime, who've passed away. Um, And in my life, I think that I never dealt with those situations front and center. Um, And it took me getting older to really get to that space. Um, My uncle died in 2017 we were relatively close we communicated on a level that most people would never understand i had my own relationship with him but in talking to him he was like one of the realest niggas i've ever met and he talked to me like a human being like he was just a cool cat he really just exemplified who a man should be he wasn't the perfect individual he did things that were kind of fucked up but he was a person that you could talk to and that made you feel special um when i was graduating college i would call him um always giving me my props always congratulating me always making sure that i was recognized you know because sometimes people and I don't like to get that attention per se, but he wanted me to get that because he was just like, hey, you did what you supposed to do. And he was just happy for me. Um, when he found out I was going into grad school, he was excited for me, man. And I was excited to see what things would come from this situation. Um, we loved family. We communicated about family history. Like I would go to him about certain stuff and talk to him about old times and he was just a person who would open up to you about anything that you wanted to know. And I appreciated that because that type of energy, I appreciated. Um, my first memory of my uncle, you know, he was always the shit talker, always a, a fun individual. He stayed having parties, stayed getting lit. And from my understanding, he... They will always say that him and my grandmother, they were always in a race of being close to one another because they acted just alike. I never really got to, well, 
not never really I never got to meet my grandmother um she passed away seven years before I was born and just to hear them talk about stories like he was the first person who kind of opened up to me about my grandma and he talked to me about some things that I didn't know like he shared with me some things that I felt were needed in my space where I could understand how the dynamic of the family was because there were some things I had questions about and I was just like why the fuck do people act the way they do and he was one of the people that actually revealed some things that I need to know but um before he died I think in December he had went to the hospital I saw him he wasn't himself um but in January I went to go see him that was the last time I saw him and in talking to him I spent six hours just laughing and joking with this dude just talking real shit you know what I'm saying and catching up and he really I didn't realize he was how tired he was but he was tired and um he he realized how long I had been up because I think I had been working two jobs at that point and he was like Kevin go home and get some rest like go home and I went home and I heard from him again a couple weeks after that we talked for an hour I was at work should have been talking but I wanted to talk to him and that was my last conversation with him my very last conversation with him and it really it put me in a place where I didn't know how to deal with it when I heard about it. Cause I'm just like, man, him getting, being gone. I, I didn't know how my family would be. And unfortunately it kind of went to shit veal to be quite honest with you, because he was the rock of the family. He made sure everybody stayed in line. Um, but it wasn't the same. And his, his death it really kind of fucked up the dynamic of everything it really did because he was a leader he was a person who dominated the scene and he made you feel special um that type of energy you can't find in regular human beings it takes a while and he was one that i just i dearly miss but I understood that he was in pain versus my granddad. I knew he was in pain too, but I didn't get to say goodbye to my granddad. With my uncle, I had a way of saying goodbye. He was kind of trying to let it be known, but I didn't know in what ways. I was—I think I was in denial about that. But once he passed, the months that followed, of course, you know, family issues brew, but... um. The way I dealt with his death was the fact that, you know, I got to spend time with him. And he'll always be just my Scorpio brother. He was born um, the 5th. I was born the 4th of November. Um, Just a cool cat. I'm going to miss him for for real, for real. But the first death that I dealt with in a manner that was kind of respectful for me was my great-grandmother. She had been telling me for months that she was going to um, pass and that she was going to be here long. And she kind of prepared me for that. And I was just like, man, listen, why is this man, you know, (laughs) 
dealing with this shit the way he is. I didn't know why I felt that way. I think I had gathered up the notion just to say, hey, you spend as much time with her as much as you need to. And I did. Um, I would go to Bay Springs to go see her, well, Stringer, to go see her um, on a monthly basis. And it kind of helped me um, prepare for what I, I needed. And so, um, man, when she passed, I was, I was ready. I was ready for it and I was okay. You know what I'm saying? I felt like, um, I felt like God had really prepared me for that one in a way that I didn't think would get me through you know I have many family members in my life and I'm just like how do, how the fuck would it be if life was without them I don't know particularly my parents um my mom always makes a comment to say I want you to be prepared like I don't want you to be you know having a struggle in life because I'm not here you need to be able to stand on your own but man like her and my dad and my grandmother and my great grandmother and my grandfather and my 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 other grandmother just just so many people in my life that I'm just like damn like they're getting older what do I need to do better in terms of communicating one of the things that I did with my great grandmother is I recorded her talking um I always have something that I can go to to listen to her voice just so it can be a reminder of, hey, Kendall, you need to do better. Live your life, live your dreams and don't give up. And I think that was one of the reasons why I was able to move. I think with my family, I thought with myself, like, what if something was to happen? Why can't if I can't get to them immediately? But with my family, I understood that in time you have to live your life. You can't try to maneuver through and think that, hey, they're waiting on me. So I need to wait on them. No, you have to go out there and live your dreams the best way you know how to. And that was some of the lessons that I learned that helped me get by into transitioning into being the man that I am now. Um, I'm not perfect in no stretch of the form but I think that I have done a lot better in my life in trying to not allow death to be the end all or do all I think on my family now and I realize that death has really by not addressing it it has really toyed with a lot of my family members um one of my great grandmothers passed years before I was born and when she died the family kind of went to shit you know what I'm saying she just was that person that everybody communicated with they talked to her and they listened to her and they just respected her because she was mama but um man when she passed away it really fucked up the dynamic of the family because people were trying to be her rather than be siblings, rather than being cousins and stuff like that. And I look at my family now, I'm like, damn, 
many of my family members, they don't know each other because they're engulfed with anger and the pain from the past rather than addressing it. You know, people try to be coy in how they address things rather than just outright say what's on their mind. And I think that's really been a, a, a factor in why so many people go off and don't communicate with their families because they don't know how to. They suppress their feelings. And it ultimately it ultimately leads to depression. And it leads to, you know, never wanting to acknowledge what happened, you know? And that really it, it toys at people constantly that they are not able to fully express themselves the way they want to. But I think the five stages of grief, you know, are exactly what it is. You know what I'm saying? I think people really need to take the time out to do a self-analysis on themselves to see whether or not they actually are going through the stages that they need to of healing. Healing is a process that people don't know how to do. Um, like I said before, you need to communicate with the people. You need to address things. People often say, you know, I understand what you're going through. But in reality, we all have a unique situation. So one of the things in tools for helping somebody, just be a listening ear. Don't overstep your boundaries by assuming that you know what they're going through. Allow people to share their stories the way they know how to. And be supportive. When you hear that your friend needs you, be supportive. Don't allow yourself to be so engulfed with, they didn't support me when I was going through. When when you are going through something like that, you need people. Sometimes it's okay to put aside your pride and just check on people. And be willing to love on people. There's so many people that are passing away that it's amazing to me the rate of deaths that has gone on over the past couple of years. And it's because people are not capable of making amends and being truthful in their situation. Just learn to love one another in a proper setting and listen. Listening is a factor Man, I can't tell you enough. One of my closest friends um, stepped in when I needed her the most. There was, um, it was after my granddad had died. She came and we would talk often um, about her, you know, situation. But she allowed me to vent and she didn't like me being sad. So every other week. No, hell, it was like every week we went for um, Mexican food, um, La Fiesta, just to sit and talk. And that helped me. It really helped me over time. Although I was doing my own shit, she just helped me. And I was so appreciative of that. And I was grateful that she allowed me to open up because at that time I was so closed in. I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know who I could talk to about. And people weren't taking my situation as serious. And I thought that people understood, but they really didn't. But um, I think that is a step right there. When you just allow people to vent to you. 
And then just pray for people. Genuinely pray for people. Pray for their welfare. Pray that they are safe in their space enough to acknowledge what's going on. Because when you're not acknowledging some things, man, it can it can kill you. It can kill you. Um, I was going through a, a, a phase where I was drinking heavily. Like, lit, toe up off the flow for about a year straight. And it was causing me to be sick. And unbeknownst to me, I was going to the doctor. And I found out that I was sick. Didn't understand why until I thought about it. I was like, I've been drinking too fucking much. Um, I need to get it together. And I think it was a voice of reasoning for myself because I was just like, man, I don't want to go down the road that my uncle and my granddad went through. I want to be better than that. And I need to do better. And I think it was them, their voice of reasoning to get me together and allow me to see what was going on. But um, I say also communicate with your family. If you feel in your spirit to communicate with your family members, go ahead and do it. Time is essential. You go ahead and communicate with them just so you will be in a better headspace and not be up in arms about what not to do. Talk. Talk, talk, talk. That's a very important thing to do. Um, <laughs> I I could go on for days about this, but it takes an individual their own time to process what's going on. But don't do it in a way of lashing out towards people. Anger is okay. I think good anger is needed. But at the same time, don't be vengeful. Don't be vengeful because of how you feel. Think about what you are doing and think about how it could how to how it can affect other people. Think about those things. Yeah. I think that would be the one and only fact that really caused people to think about some shit, man. But um yeah, I'm finna go into the next segment, of course. The closer. The closer. Uh whole of the week. Whole of the week. Whole of the week. Whole of the week. Um, so y'all stay tuned. And um, um yeah. <laughs> whole of the week in the bathroom. I I do wanna sing that little part, but I, I just my voice I need a little a little, a little warmth right now. I don't know. I give it a little time, a little tea, a little tea. So, stay tuned. So, of course, you know we gotta end with the whole of the week, but I'm gonna take it back to honor somebody. You know what I'm saying? We're going to honor somebody in this moment, right? So, Bernie Mac. A lot of people really, you know, downplayed this dude for a long time. The man did not get recognition. You know, he was always like that third stage character, you know. Oh, that uncle or that cousin or that preacher. You know, that crazy ass dude in, in uh, what's that movie? What's that goddamn movie? House Party. 
uh, what else he was in? Friday. Things of that nature. Moesha. Great characters, but they weren't like top ranking. You know what I'm saying? And he always thought that Hollywood did not give him the recognition that he deserved. So I'm looking forward to, you know, just seeing what comes of, you know, his story because he has an amazing story. So he was included in the Kings of Comedy and he talks about how Hollywood did not give him the credit that he deserved. And all of a sudden he received his own show. And voila, um, you have the Bernie Mac show. You have several movies that he is headlining. Um, I think Mr. 3000. Uh, what else they had going on? Um, Soul Man. What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Ocean's Eleven. This man had a goddamn filmography that was buku great, right? So, as time goes on, of course, he um, had sacrosis, um, which is an autoimmune, auto, I, I'm not even going to fuck that up, y'all, but he had sacrosis, right, um, which my grandmother had, and, um, you know, I guess people of their nature, they don't even think to really like settle in to take care of themselves they keep pushing no matter what and he was one of them people he continuously pushed continued to work and unfortunately he passed away in 2008 but the type of man that he was he was an excellent individual he always did what he was supposed to do making sure that he looked out for other people ensuring that people had roles in his movies and i was just like this dude had what it took and he made sure that he was just you know always giving honor to other people and i i respect that totally um and i i i, I feel like people within the industry in terms of Hollywood and all this shit they really need people who are just as humble as this dude was he was willing to start from scratch to develop his craft and I respect that undoubtedly and I I miss this dude because listen this comedian had what it took man and I listened to his old shit he always talked about his family always talking shit and that's what you start with he started with his family because he adored them and he admired his wife he loved his children he was that dude and i i, I undoubtedly i missed this man because a he did his shit and he did it well um so yeah that's my whole of the week but again you know like i said good grief is good grief and um i want you guys to really take care of yourselves don't push yourselves to your limit know when you need to take a break in terms of getting yourself together if someone passes away knowing how to listen and take on so many loads you know you don't need to do all that listen to yourself listen to your intuition be aware of what you can handle and be aware of the positive energy that surrounds you and be aware of those who don't want to give you positive energy get the fuck away from that shit just stay in strides and take your time and do it well all right so yeah that's all i got for y'all motherfuckers today all right Y'all have a good one. Stay blessed and keep God first. And 
In the bathroom, we gon' talk that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah.